0: Alright, so get to Romans chapter 1 in your Bibles. of course there's always a lot to put in here for our introduction into the study. So I hope to get through um, the first optimistically 17 verses. That may not happen, but we'll see how it goes. As you're finding your way to Romans chapter 1... Uh, for the for those that take notes, you'll want to be ready. We've got a few things um, to, to make note of. Uh, but let me go ahead and give you some of the introduction into Paul's epistle to the Romans. So the letter to the Romans is addressed to all that be in Rome, referring to all the saints there in Rome. We'll find as we go through the letter that, we, again, we have a, a mixed crowd of Gentiles and Jewish converts that we're writing to. Um, The epistle is six in the chronological order of his letters. I think that's important to note, uh, written during his missionary uh, journeys there. Um, I think the reason it appears first of his epistles in the New Testament is because of um, the completeness of the body of Scripture dealing with things of redemption and and everything else to the church, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, So the occasion for his letter, he anticipates a trip to Rome. And his desire is to share the distinctive church-age truths which had been revealed to him and through him, which was common practice of revealing those truths in letter and then appearing there to teach and preach and share those in person. Uh, You'll find the main theme in Romans is the gospel of God. Amen? It's the gospel of God. Uh, This letter reveals the widest body of redemptive truth to the Christian, and here we find God as... No respecter of persons, who is not God of the Jews only, but the Gentiles also. It's coming right out of the Roman study, as you'll see these uh, terms or phrases uh, repeated again as we study through it. Accordingly, all the world is found guilty before God and in need of redemption through Jesus Christ. So you'll find that reoccurring in our study through Romans. In Romans, we'll find the need for faith. We'll also find the conditions of faith, and that does not mean that there's God putting conditions on receiving faith. That just means that our faith can be found in a number of conditions. So, and, um, and what I mean by that is a strong faith or a believing faith can be a saving faith, uh, but there's but there's uh, but our faith needs to be in the finished works of Christ on Calvary. Amen. Um, not on our own works and all that. So. We'll find the conditions of faith, so you, so I'll, I'll remind you of what that means as we come across those different things as we study through Romans. Uh, we'll also find the outcome of faith, or the outcome of a true faith, which would be salvation. In Romans, we find the doctrine of grace and salvation. We'll find the promises to Israel and the Gentiles. We'll find the completion of the church, and we'll also see the coming of the deliverer out of Zion. So all those things appear in the letter. Um, the order, uh, of Romans is as follows. We'll see, uh, you may write these down. So I'll go a little bit slower through these. You'll find the world's guilt, right? Romans teaches us we're all guilty before God because of the law. We've all broken the law in one way or another. You'll find justification. So you'll find the world's guilt. We'll find justification We'll find the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ and life in the Spirit. We'll find the full blessing of the Gospel. We'll find that there's covenant promises that are still intact for Israel, even though we're in the dispensation of grace. So covenant promises still intact for Israel. Instructions on Christian life and service, an outflow of Christian love. Quickly on the uh, on Paul who wrote Romans. Of course, we've seen his conversion there in Acts. Um, remember, Paul was born at Tarsus, so that was a pure Jewish stock. That's why he was able to have such a great influence on Jews, because we know he was a chief persecutor of the Church of Christ as a, as a, ze- a zealous Jew. Um, he learned Jewish religion under uh, Gamaliel. Probably didn't pronounce his name right, um, but that but that was a great teacher of the Pharisees. Um, Paul also learned a skilled trade, which was tent making. Isn't it good that men can have a skilled trade, know how to support their families? Um, yet he had the equivalent of a doctorate, actually probably more than one doctorate if you ask me, um, now converted, uh, to Christianity, now converted as a Christian, he's accepted Christ the Savior, he's saved, uh, he's called to be an apostle, we'll see this, um, but he is, uh, called to be the apostle specifically to the Gentiles and now desires to vi- uh, visit to Rome as a missionary. So, uh let's go ahead and start here in verse uh, chapter 1 verse 1 we'll read through and uh I'll stop as we need to. So starting in verse 1 the scripture reads Paul a servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle separated unto the gospel of God. You may underline that separated unto the gospel of God. Which he had promised before by his prophets in the holy scriptures. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. So let me stop there for a second. Um, First thing to make note of that that, that caught my attention, we see Paul the servant, amen, Paul is a servant writing to the saints in Rome concerning Christ the Saviour. Here, I I like Paul puts emphasis on the fact that he's the servant of Jesus Christ. He says he's called to be an apostle, but he puts more emphasis on the fact that he's a servant to the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, the responsibilities that the Lord has given him is more important than the title he's received. Amen? I think that's important to point out. I think we live in a world today where everyone wants a title. Just serve the Lord, and and whatever you're called to do in, in Christ... He'll certainly make it known. Amen. So we have Paul the servant writing to the saints concerning Christ the Savior. Paul as a servant. How many here, just a quick question, how many here would consider themselves a servant to the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. One way or another. uh, We're all called to be servants to the Lord. As a servant, we see him separated into the gospel, serving in the gospel, and saved by the gospel. Amen. Amen um i think that that order is important first we're saved once we're saved we're we're separated we're called out we're part of the called out assembly amen it's great in our life when we realize that we are separated because we've been sanctified we've been called out and we've been set aside for a purpose for the lord What happens is is then because we're given the Holy Spirit when we're saved, we begin to have those convictions about things in our life that are contradictory to the separation that we've already received in Christ. Amen? So we have a desire to remove ourselves from that old life and the old way of doing things and everything else because we realize we've been given a greater purpose and that purpose is in the gospel of Christ. And then as young Christians we grow. Uh, in our fellowship, in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. We want to be in Sunday school. We want to uh, study the Word. We go to church. We learn. Um, and and then no telling what God can do in any one of our lives. Amen? I can tell you when I first got saved, I never thought I would pastor a church. Amen? But look at what the Lord's done in my life. The Lord can do anything in your life as long as you will accept the fact that once you're saved, you're not the same as you were. You've been called out of the old life. You've been given something new. And I think we've covered in, in a couple previous messages, new purpose, new vision, new mission. Um, so those things are all important. Uh, as we move forward a little bit here, you're going to find Paul says a couple more things coming up that I like. First of all, he's going to tell you that he's a, a debtor. He's in debt. Uh, ready to fulfill. You'll see him say, I'm ready to fulfill my obligation and that he's not ashamed of the gospel. Um, let me say this we should be so impacted by our own salvation that we do indeed feel indebted to the gospel. Amen? It's not that we have to do anything, because we don't have to do, I don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. There's no works, right, that save us or justify us. But when you really understand what we've been saved from, it ought to make you have a desire in here to serve Him out of gratitude for what He's done for you. Amen? You realize that I deserve to be in hell for my sins and he's forgiven me. And I did nothing to deserve his mercy or grace or forgiveness. But beca- and, and, and Paul relates to that, obviously, you know, here's somebody that was seen not a long, you know, at one point in his life, consenting to the death of Christians and ordering executions and things. And then Christ came to him and called him to be an apostle. So we should feel indebted to the gospel. Uh, We should have a sense of obligation towards God. It doesn't, we should, we should have some sense of, you know what, God's done this for me. What should I do for him? And so the most important thing is to have faith and to put your full trust in him. Uh, But there's nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, to be somebody that feels you know god 's done a lot for me, and I want to do everything I can in return for him, not because I have to, but because I love him. We love him because he first loved us. Amen. Uh, it just shows an understanding of exactly the uh, the totality of everything that Christ has done for us um, so we 're going to see here separated into the gospel. Um, christian service christian calling christian practice um i kind of like this too i'm going to give you this little way of looking at it this is out of one of my commentaries but i have this one called wilmington's commentary and uh they they use the roman study and i and i like this i'll give it to you not to sidetrack but they they refer to romans as four different buildings and I like this because they're foundational buildings. But think think about this. They refer to Romans as the courthouse of law. Of course, we see the law in Romans. We're about to see some uh, as we move forward. The power plant of grace. I like that one too. The synagogue of Israel and the temple of God. And I thought about that as, well, that makes sense. Because in Romans, we find a binding agreement between man and God, which is law, right? That we've all broken. We find the power of grace, which, uh, one, to save us to begin with, to bring forgiveness of sins, but also that enables everyday life. We need grace every single day. We can't do anything without the grace of God. Um, The synagogue of Israel, I look at that as a house of religion um, and also the temple of God. But you think about this, we have the indwelling Christ when we're saved, we become the temple of God. Um, and so now we find Paul, who would be uh, God's uh, court reporter, if you would, and he's giving the record, um, and he's, he's, uh, he's giving the record that God has given him, and that's what he's writing to Rome about. So here, as we've looked at these first seven verses, um, we find the gospel's been promised beforehand. If you see that in verse 2, which he had promised the four by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The fascinating thing about that is there was the promise of the coming of Christ in the gospel and salvation through Christ. And even the impact on the Gentiles of Christ, which came because the Jews rejected Christ. But the prophets themselves did not understand the redemption or what they were prophesying. They were only being obedient to, to prophesy the words that God had given them. So we've seen the gospel was promised beforehand. The founder and finisher is Christ himself. Uh, we also we also see this um, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Come on in there. Uh, kids are already in Sunday school class if you want to send them down there. Um, how many does that give us down there? Five. She should be okay. Amen. Hey man, good to see you. And then just come make yourself at home, Shannon. Good to see you this morning. And we're in uh, we're in Romans chapter 1 too. So, um, do you have a Bible with you? <laughs> here, here, we can find one. I don't <laughs> well, we'll make sure we change that today. How's that sound? Anywhere you're comfortable with this. We're in this first seven verses right now. Good to see you. More thankful for you. Uh, so here in here in verse uh, three, what we're seeing here is a reference to the to the humanity of Christ. Very important. Amen. Um, Christ is God manifested through incarnation, virgin birth. That's the reference to the seed of David there. It's very important. Um, declared the Son of God, and that is affirmed through the power of God spirit of god and the resurrection of god amen that's what paul's addressing here he was made the seed of david according to the flesh he was god he came in the flesh at the same time he's declared to be the son of god with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead jesus came in his earthly ministry proved who he was through those signs and wonders amen miracles healings casting out demons all that stuff that was necessary because, and i and I say this a lot, the purpose was to authenticate the ministry of the Messiah. When we've seen some uh, signs and miracles and things happening with the apostles, the main point was it was authenticating their ministry so that the church could have a foundation and grow from there. Um, now people can be healed today, but we're not in the we're not in a dispensationally speaking, we're not in a day of all these miracle-working wonders and things like that. Amen? Um, people are using those things to deceive others. Unfortunately, oftentimes, to capitalize financially. But I don't put God in a box by any means. He can do whatever He wants. We pray for things that happen through faith, and, and His will will be done. Amen? Um, so that's important to realize. But here we see uh, Christ. Um, Paul's reminding them um, that He is the Son of God. Uh, that that's been affirmed through his power, uh, also through the spirit of holiness. Christ was completely perfect without sin. He was holy. He's the son of God. He was God, man, all at the same time. And also by the resurrection from the dead. Uh, also a reminder on the resurrection of the dead. He was resurrected. The tomb was empty. He appeared to his disciples. He appeared to many. He was here 40 days before ascending. Many witnesses. Amen. And uh, and so that was all to affirm Through the eyewitness testimony of many, uh, the truth to the resurrection of Christ. And so, those are all all important references that Paul's making there. Uh, Let me give you this the resurrection shows us Christ as a clear and distinctive boundary between earth and heaven. All right, so he's declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's important to realize Jesus is the only way to heaven. He is the boundary between earth and heaven. Amen. To get to heaven, you must go through Christ. There is no other way. Um, But I like this again. We've seen his humanity, and now we also see his deity, amen? We've seen a reference to the fact that he was man uh, through incarnation, and we see a reference to the fact that he is God. Um, So there in verse 5, a couple points on this. The gospel bestows salvation and then service. Paul writes, by whom we have received grace and apostleship. It's in that order on purpose. You need to be saved by the grace of God before you can be of service to God. Amen. Uh, you need the grace first. And uh, when we're saved, then God will begin to, to pull together what our purpose is, whatever that may be. Everybody will have something to do for the Lord. He will keep you busy. But the first step is salvation. A man must be saved before he can be called or before he can serve. Um he reveals to us here, Paul tells us this, for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. So let's think about that for a second. Our service is for obedience to the faith for his name. In other words, Christ is the beneficiary of our service. Amen. We serve for him. It's not, we're not trying to benefit ourselves. We're doing it for him. Amen. Uh, to be a blessing to him. So he needs to be the main focus of our service is to do what we know is pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ to bring glory to his name. Uh, everything in our lives, as we'll find from this point forward, everything in our lives as Christians are in Christ from the moment of salvation. And that is something that I, that's fascinating to me. Everything that we do once we're saved is in Christ. In Corinthians, we find uh, that Jesus says that a man will give an account to everything he's done in the body, both good or bad. Amen? So everything we do is in Christ. I, I, I think that that is a very deep thought because that means whether I'm, if I get saved, I am saved, by the way, just, just for the record. But I'm saying, uh, just follow along. You see what I'm getting at here. You get saved you're in Christ. Even if you choose to live out of the will of God, you're still in Christ. Amen? Eternal security. You're still in Christ and you'll stand before Christ one day and you'll give an account for what you've done since he saved you. And so it's important. This is one of the main this is so important that we get into fellowship with Christians that will encourage us to be the best that we can be for him and to serve him. And to grow and to learn all these things in the Bible. Because there's a believer's judgment one day. Uh, And no, you can't be sent to hell once you've been saved. Amen? You've gotten saved. Your sins are forgiven. You're no longer under condemnation. Of course, we'll see that in Romans. But there is a responsibility to serve. And to serve the Lord. And you do it for Him. Uh, And so He's the beneficiary. But everything in our lives becomes about Him. And He is... He is the beneficiary of that, and, and we are to serve him. And uh, and that's also a humbling thought, is it not? Doesn't that humble you? That humbles me. To realize, Lord, I know everything I, I, I do, I'm in you, but not everything I do is is a reflection of that, unfortunately. Right? That's all of our, I think everyone would agree to that. Not everything we do is a reflection of the relationship we have with him. And that, those are areas of prayer that we need to go to him. I'm thankful for his grace and for his mercy. Amen. Now, let me see here. Am I mixed up? Got my notes mixed up? No, we're good. Let's go to verse 8 now. I think we can go a little bit further. Verse 8, uh, Paul writes first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. And your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Um, so that's, that's an important statement. Let's, let's look at this in connection with chapter 7. First of all, I love this, to all that be in Rome are beloved of God. Amen. Aren't you thankful today for that? That you're beloved of God? The impact that that should have on each one of us, the fact that we're loved of the Lord, we're loved of god um so i like i like the fact that we are um beloved and also called to be saints we live in a world now that wants everyone included well there you go everyone's included in christ amen we're all beloved and we're all called uh to be saints he says grace to you and peace from god our father and the lord jesus christ you have to have grace before you can have the peace amen amen Uh, So grace and peace are important. And then Paul showing action with that statement. He's thankful for all of them through Jesus Christ. Are we thankful for our fellow brothers and sisters? Amen. Uh, It's good to be thankful for those that we share this great faith with. And not just thanking them, uh, just telling them, hey, I'm thankful for you. But also uh, praying and being prayerful for them. First, I thank my God through Uh, Jesus Christ so he's saying I'm thankful for you to the extent that I thank my God for you so he I pray for you and I thank God for you Um, and then his prayer specifically uh, is for their faith and so he speaks of their faith being spoken of throughout the whole world isn't it good to have a testimony that grows in its impact on others amen Mm -hmm. that's what we're seeing there a, a, a testimony that's growing in influence and impact uh, if we're living for the Lord, we will grow in our influence and our impact. And I'm very thankful as the pastor of New Lexington Bible Church, I can tell you I'm watching our church here grow in influence and impact in our community. Amen? Uh, we're reaching others with the gospel. We're, we're showing others the way uh, to Jesus Christ. And, and there's no greater, nothing greater in your life than to have an influence for, to, uh, on others for the Lord. Uh, Verse 9, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you, for I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end ye may be established. That is... "...that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I proposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise." I like that he's willing to serve anybody, realizing all have a need for Jesus, and so he's not going to exclude anyone he feels the same debt to the Lord to preach the gospel to whoever he sent to. Uh, so as much as it in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So again, as we saw there in verse 7, it's to all. All that are in Christ are beloved and called. So there's unity, a picture of unity there. We're all made one in the faith. In Christ, all are included. All are important. All are loved. All are elected. All that is in Christ. Um... Two precious titles for all the redeemed in Christ, beloved and called. Take it seriously. Then we see grace and peace. We must have grace before we can have peace. But I also want to point this out, and I thought this was very fascinating. Grace has a Greek emphasis. Whereas peace or shalom has a Jewish emphasis. And remember, he's writing to both Gentile and Jews that that make up the body of Christ there in Rome. So he's giving them the term of endearment or welcoming with a language that both will connect with. So he puts emphasis on, on grace and peace as well. So he has a Greek emphasis and a Jewish emphasis at the same time. Let me give you this, though. First, we have peace with God. Then we have the peace of God. Amen. We have peace with God through the blood of his cross. We accept Christ as Savior. We have peace made between us and God. Then we have the peace of God, which is the peace that's inside of us, surpassing all understanding. Amen. And the peace of God that's in our heart becomes the outflow in our lives. Amen. Does that make sense? So we get peace with God. Then we receive the peace of God. But the peace of God is of such power. We can't contain it within ourselves. So it flows out of us and has an impact on those around us. Amen. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful truth to hold on to with that. Um, verse eight there, we saw thanking God for all. We need to thank God for all people. Um, but especially thank God for all of other Christians. Uh, verse nine, I like this for God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit. One, uh, worth pointing out. If you're going to serve God, do it in the spirit because you're not going to be able to do it in your flesh. Amen. You go trying to serve God in the flesh, you'll just wear out, burn out and give up. Can't do it. Um, but you can serve God in the spirit and that's just the yielding and dependence on him. Um, and, uh, as you grow in spiritual maturity, uh, I don't know how to explain it. This is just me, but you just kind of, you kind of can sense a discernment with where you can, I I guess what I should say is the Lord puts you at liberty. Amen. If it feels like you're fighting against something or you're forcing something then you probably don't have liberty with that and so you learn and discern that's I'm just not gonna not gonna push through and try to exert my will into what God's telling no he's saying no on something amen. And then you redirect and you feel, you feel that inner peace and you feel at liberty and you feel God opening doors and God's preparing you for, and strengthening you and leading you into something and you just can tell his hand is in it, amen? That's a discernment that he'll give you uh, in whatever your uh, ventures are for Christ in your life. Just know that uh, serving the spirit, uh, in the gospel of his son, don't try to go out on your own, jumping ahead of God, doing things on your own, your way and everything else. Uh, it's much better to be yielded through the Spirit of God to the Lord. Um, without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. This comes up a lot in his epistles. We ought to pray without ceasing. Amen? Being prayerful and always being prayerful. What does praying without ceasing look like? Does that mean that 24-7 I'm always praying and people can physically see me praying? Uh, not, no, not necessarily. God knows our hearts amen so like i could be in the truck the work truck and talking to somebody and praying with them and i know that the holy spirit of god is helping me pray even though i'm too, i'm actually looking I'm where i'm not closing my eyes while i'm driving amen we don't want that or we're go- or i need prayer and so does everyone around me amen but i'm praying from the heart through the spirit for somebody while doing something else Um, because we see things all throughout the day uh, or we hear things all throughout the day and we can be in prayer instantly somebody doesn't feel good we pray for them i mean it uh, but it's also good to have committed prayer time uh, in the morning in the evening whatever that may be in your schedule a place to pray uh, but pray without ceasing then i like this also in verse 10 i got some time here. Making requests, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. Isn't it good to have a desire to fellowship? Amen? That's what he's talking about, a desire to fellowship. Um, ways that we can kind of be in the same mindset as Paul here. Um, of course, he had quite a journey. Uh, to Rome. <laughs> we haven't studied Acts yet, but boy, he had quite a journey to Rome, didn't he? Um, but he has desired a prosperous journey uh, by the will of God to come unto you. You know, we should pray for what he means there is not financially prosperous. What he's talking about is successful. He wants to arrive successfully. For those of us that drove a little ways to get here this morning, I hope you prayed before you left. Lord, help us get to church this morning safely on time, those kinds of things. Same kind of, the same kind of prayer. Amen. Uh, I know the things I see out there on the road, pray every time I get behind the wheel. You should too. Trust me. Um, But also we pray for everyone who's on their way to church today. Some that may not be here now, but we know will be coming for worship or whatever it may be. We pray for them to have a successful journey here for travel mercy. Right. But also a desire to fellowship. If you're saved You have the indwelling spirit of God. The one place you should desire to be on the Lord's day is in the house of God with other Christians. Amen. In fellowship uh, and in worship. And so we see that here, um, a desire uh, to fellowship. He says, for I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end uh, may be established I like this i long to see you when, when we have somebody that's been out for a little while we miss them amen we miss them and that desire is there we want to see them uh we know if there's some a prolonged situation we may go ourselves to go visit them um or however we feel led of the lord so uh when somebody is not here in our fellowship we miss them and we desire to see them and so that's important and we want to make sure that they know that they're loved and missed and appreciated and everything else so he says i long to see you um, here that i may impart you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established Uh, i'm not going to go down that trail right this second um but there's quite a bit in romans on those spiritual gifts that he's making a reference to there so we'll cross that bridge when we get to it um But verse 12, that is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Isn't it comforting to be with other Christians this morning? The first thing I feel when I come into the house of God with my church family is comfort. Amen? You should feel comforted. It's comforting. It's comforting to be in your presence this morning. It's comforting to be in the presence of God, absolutely. Um, But it's comforting to be... In the presence of my friends and family in the faith. Um then he says, uh, I would not now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed or proposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto. Um he had some hindrances there that I might have some fruit among you also. And then he declares that I like this statement, so we should hold on to this. Paul faced hindrances, but the hindrances he faced actually resulted in more fruitfulness in the future amen are you facing hindrances today in your walk with the lord guess what don't get discouraged because i guarantee satan's going to hinder you any way he can but you will be more fruitful in the long run because christ is in control amen uh so we will face hindrances but even in those hindrances god is still on the throne he is able and he will bring out more fruitfulness as a result um I am debtor both to the Greeks, to the barbarians, both to the wise, to the unwise. I like this. He doesn't exclude anyone. Amen. He understands that being called to the, uh, to the Gentiles here, he understands that that's a wide variety of all kinds of people. Can I tell you this this morning? God wants us to share the gospel with all kinds of people. Amen. We're not to, not to look on outward appearances, but understand that it's God's desire that all would be saved all different walks of life, amen, to every creature, I think we're told, uh, in the commission. So we need to be faithful and understand that uh, uh, Satan wants to get people to judge others or get into their flesh or or be like, that person doesn't want to hear the gospel. You don't know what they want to hear or not hear. You have to share it with them first, amen. Don't come up with excuses. Be a debtor to, to all. Uh, here to Greeks to the barbarians both to the wise to the unwise so as much as in me is I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also can I tell you this this morning Christ wants us to be ready to share our testimony to share the gospel to share the one thing that every man needs to hear you know somebody's going through something I may not have any words that are going to make that problem any better. But God is the God of all comfort. The Word of God. God knows what they need. The one thing we all need is the gospel. Amen. And so we should be ready um, and be prepared. And then I like this. um, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. A person... Who tries to live two different lives, keeping their one foot in the world, but trying to be a Christian because they've believed some of the Bible, is going to struggle with being ashamed of the gospel. The unfortunate reality of it is this when we've accepted Christ as Savior, we've received the Holy Spirit, and we take it seriously and we begin to grow, a lot of the people that used to hang around are going to fall off. They're going to go away. And that's okay, because receive this, that's a testimony that the work that Christ is doing inside of you is starting to become evident to the people around you. And people are oftentimes fearful or... They push away that which they don't understand. I've told most of you, everybody here knows my testimony. I was messed up at 28 years old when I got saved. And then a year later, and it took some time to grow. It didn't all happen overnight. You know, just a year later, people are like, what happened to you? Do You really want me to answer that? Sure. Let me answer that for you. What happened to me is this. (laughs) I heard about Jesus and I heard the gospel and you just break down the Bible to them and they're like, some will be like, yeah, I don't know about that. And, And they'll leave you alone. You just tell them, look, I became a Christian. You may be in a place. I don't even know how to explain everything that happened to me. All I can tell you is this. I believe Jesus died for my sin. I accepted Him. I prayed to be saved. I know He saved me and now things are changing and different and I'm not the same person I was. And then there'll be a work of just some things will fall off. It's almost like God takes care of it for you. I didn't have to run anyone off. They took care of that on their own. But at the same time, what ends up happening is when you don't show any signs of regret, amen, things are changing, people are falling off, your friends aren't, you know, you got di- your friends aren't there anymore, you're a different person, and everyone's looking to see how you're going to respond to that. And when you stand firm and you said, it's all worth it. What I have now is far better. You will have the impact on somebody else. Many will fall off. It's the one that God uses you to reach that is the one that you've got to think about. Many will say, I don't know about Brother Brian. He don't do it. I ain't got nothing in common with him anymore. I don't even know what happened to that guy. I don't want anything to do with him. We don't have anything. There's nothing. It's just weird being around him. Okay, that's fine. Let it be weird being around me. But it's that one person That's been through the same stuff I went through. That's thinking, I don't want to be like this anymore. And God will send you their way. Don't take it for granted. People might fall off, but it's the one that comes around that you have an influence on that you get to lead to the Lord. It's far worth it. It's so much greater. Amen. It's so much greater. And so we see the power. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Don't be ashamed of the Gospel because there's people that don't believe it. Trust in the power of the Gospel because it saves all that believeth. Amen? It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The gospel is received by faith. Uh, We must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with all of our heart through that belief. uh, We'll make confession to Christ. Of course, I'm getting ahead of myself. All of this will be in our study. Uh, But there in 16 and 17, we see the power of the gospel, that we shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel or the impact that it has on our lives, the fact that it changes our lives, and therefore we have a testimony for Christ through that. And then also we see a revelation of the righteousness of, of god amen let me close out with prayer because we're out of time for our sunday school uh but we'll, we'll look forward to quite a, we'll have some good studies here in romans I, I promise you that father i thank you lord for this day thank you for bringing us all together safely into sunday school class this morning lord uh we're just thankful uh for everything that you're doing for us thank you for uh brother troy and his family lord thank you for um Shannon and the kids coming, Lord, and, and having kids in the classroom, Lord, it just, it's just a wonderful day, Lord, um, we know there's people that haven't been well, God, we lift them up to you, ask that you touch them, strengthen them, encourage them, and bless them, and help them, Lord, and, uh, and Lord, we ask that you will, uh, Allow everyone desiring to be here for worship this morning, a safe travel here, and we look forward to a blessed morning worship hour with you, Lord. We just ask your blessing beyond this day. Thank you for our Sunday school class. Help us apply these truths in our lives. Help us grow in our understanding, and uh, and Lord, just, just grow us in the knowledge of your word. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.